Honorable Bigram. Um, sorry, my video is off. Uh, Honorable Bigram, Honorable Dena, or Honorable Cardo. That's from the members of the Portfolio Committee Chair. And then from the support staff chair, we've got myself, Poshia, uh, uh, we've got um, Mr. Ngobo, the content advisor, we've got Mr. Mukwena, the researcher. Uh, we also have Mr. Maputi, the communications officer. Uh, that's all for now, chair from, from the support staff. And then chair from the presenters, um, as per our program, we are having today uh, solidarity. We also have SAMED, which is South African Medical Technology Industry Association. We also have um, uh, AGRI, Western Cape, and we will also be having Banking Association of South Africa. Those are the four for today, Chair, in that order that I've just mentioned. They will introduce themselves, Chair. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Sakaza. From the department, can we get an indication? Because it must be. It must. It must also be, be, uh, be known that uh, the department is going to be with us right through until we finish our 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 uh, our our public hearings. The yes is to is to listen and note whatever is coming up. Can we can we then get to is from from the department? I see. Okay, uh, Mr. Seafield, with whom are you? Good morning, good morning, Chair. Good morning, honourable members and colleagues. Uh, I am uh, accompanied, uh, Chair, by Ms. Nswaki Mamashela. She is the director, employment equity. Uh, I have with me from the uh, Deputy Minister's Office, Karabo, Mr. Karabo Makakane, and uh, from the Minister's Office, Mr. Tando Wababa, uh, and, and then myself, that will be here, Virgil Seafield. Uh, Chair, uh, just an apology that Mr. Mkalipi uh, uh, will, uh, has a doctor's appointment, but he will, uh, he, will, he, will, he, will, he will join us as we go along. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you very much. From 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 my side, I think uh, Mr. Nonzele, Honorable Nonzele, did indicate that he's going to. There's there's just a family responsibility that he is attended to, and and he will join us during the course of the. I think uh, any time after eleven, if everything goes well. And secondly, I I I was then informed, and I want to apologize. I was informed uh, by the Secretariat that they, they, they forgot to inform uh, Honorable Ngobo uh, uh, of, of, our, of, of, of the hearings of which were starting uh, uh, yesterday. And our, uh, my apologies, uh, Honorable Member, uh, I did indicate to the Secretariat that they must call you and, and, and apologize, but I think it is also my responsibility on behalf of the committee uh, to, to accord that respect of also apologizing to you and your party uh, that you have then been forgotten. My, my sincere apology. House rules 
for those that may be coming from the first time in, uh, to the committee, when you, when you speak, you must be audible. If you are going to have a problem with your video, which is going to affect, maybe affect your, your presentation, please indicate to us on time. Unfortunately, we are going to use uh, the medium English as the medium of, 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 of uh, should I say, instruction or the, the, the language that is going to be used because we don't have a, an interpretation uh, uh, system uh, now in this, in, this, in this system that we are using. So please uh, bear with us, it will, it, will, it will then be English. And one thing that I've, I, I want to put up front to those that will be making presentation, that after your presentation, please forward the copy of your presentation to the Secretariat for us as members to get your presentation. As much as it's oral, our understanding is that uh, you may have put it on, on, on paper. I, I, I will then, having said that, I will then uh, allow, uh, invite, in fact, the first uh, oral presenter to take us through over to you. I'm of the understanding that it's, it's, it's a person from, from Solidarity, if I'm correct, Mr. Sakaza. We will then allow Solidarity to take it. We are inviting Solidarity to take us through. Thank you very much. Over to you, sir, or ma'am. You will, you will introduce yourself and we will have to see your face because the, the, this, these proceedings are live. Thank you very yes. much. Thank you, Chairperson. And yeah, good morning, Chairperson. Uh, honorable committee members and guests. Chairperson, uh, we have filed the comprehensive uh, sets of inputs. However, however, I'll briefly summarize them today for you. For you. In his book, Civil Rights, Rhetoric or Reality, Thomas Sowell, the American economist and social theorist, said the following the reality of historic struggle for civil rights has degenerated into the hustling rhetoric of you speak. Equal opportunity now means preferential treatment. Voting rights now include preferential chances to win. School desegregation no longer means the right to attend any public school regardless of race, but being forced to attend, we are told, according to race. Equal justice for all. Now means compensatory benefits for some, easily the more fortunate of those who share the political label disadvantaged. It seems that the main thrust of the amendments being discussed here today are clause four of the bill, 16 third section 15A to empower the Labour Minister to identify national economic sectors and to determine numerical targets for these sectors. Or six for its part, six to amend section 20 of the Employment Equity Act in order to link the sectoral employment equity targets to the numerical targets set by the designated employers in the employment equity plans of their workplace. 
So first and foremost, it seems that there's a setting of numerical targets and the linkage of them to the employment equity plans of the employers. And secondly, it seems that Please clause 11 of the bill seeks to amend section 42 of the Employment Equity Act in order to clarify that the designated employer's compliance with its obligation to implement the Employment Equity Act may, in addition to being measured against the demographic profile of the national or regional, regional economic active population, be measured against compliance with the sectoral numerical targets set by the Labour Minister in terms of the proposed Section 15A. So there's a setting of numerical targets. It's linked linked to the employment equity plans of the employer. And lastly, employers are measured then against these sectoral numerical targets. When these amendments are measured against respectively international and national yardsticks, we submit, and first and foremost, in relation to the interna- international yardstick, on the 12th of July 2018, the South African Human Rights Commission released the Equality Report of 2017-2018 with the subtitle, Achieving Substantive Economic Equality Through Rights-Based Radical Socioeconomic Transformation in South Africa. This report, we argue, uh, is the direct consequence of recommendations from the UN UN CERT committee made on the 4th of October 2016. Several recommendations were made by the CERT committee in that uh, recommendations on the 4th of October 2016. The report by the Human Rights Commission, as informed by the UN State Committee recommendations, said the following, or amongst others, the following, and I'm going to paraphrase. And this is quite critical for this discussion, we argue. The Employment Equity Act must be amended to target more nuanced groups on the basis of need and taking into account social and economic indicators. I'm going to reiterate it. It must be amended to target more nuanced groups on the basis of need and taking into account social and economic indicators. Furthermore, employment equity plans should be qualitative and context sensitive and should be further amended to revert to the position with the consideration of the regionally economic active population in relation to representation levels, levels is mandatory and not discretionary. We submit that the amendments the department and the minister are proposing is in direct contrast to the recommendations of the Human Rights Commission as set out in the Equality, Equality Report and that the bill moves in the opposite direction of that which was proposed for consideration by the Human Rights Commission or CERT and the, uh, sorry, my apologies, the uh, CERT Committee and the Human Rights Commission. This is, amongst others, due to the fact that sectoral determined targets by the Minister will neither be more context sensitive 
more nuanced and will inevitably lead to a quota system. That was in short our argument in terms of the amendments in terms of the international yardsticks which it must meet. When we measure these uh, amendments against national yardstick, it is clear that the golden thread that runs through the Constitution and the Employment Equity Act is the requirement of fairness and reasonableness in the adoption and application of affirmative action measures. This must be achieved by means of a consensus-seeking process between employers and employees where context and different nuances will inform the process. So it's an interactive pro process between employers in, and employees. Context must be taken into account and the different nuances of that specific industry or company must be taken into account with. We submit respectfully that any suggestion, therefore, that affirmative action measures may be applied mechanically with the minister given virtually untrammeled powers to set targets for industries and sectors, and this must be rejected out of hand. Sound reason and fairness are the touchstones. We submit that a situation where the state, through the Labour Minister, controls the allocation of employment on the basis of race and gender, gender is societal manipulation and not equitable representation and amounts to effectively a quota system. The minister, neither the minister nor the department can issue sectoral determinations or targets in context and nuances of the specific company and uh, your company is taken into account of. The aim of achieving equitable representation is to ensure that unfair discrimination is eliminated and that every person has the same opportunity regardless of race or gender. The rigid setting of target, targets as proposed by this amendment aimed at proportional representation in the workforce does not mean that the aim of a just and fair society is achieved. We conclude the proposed amendments will not only be unconstitutional and unlawful, but will be directly opposed to the International Convention on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination as signed by South Africa and ratified, and the Human Rights Equality Report which flows from it. In a country with an employment rate of more than 32%, Decentralization and deregulation might be something worth looking into rather than more regulations and more centralization. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, sir. Just for me, is that the, the, the latter on your, just, I'm sure it's the, the, the very last uh, statement in your, in your conclusion. I just couldn't pick up, if, if, if you don't mind, if you can repeat that. My so, apologies, Chairperson, I'll just re repeat that. Uh, I'm going to start with, we conclude, we conclude the proposed amendments will not only be unconstitutional, unconstitutional and unlawful, 
It will be directly opposed into, to the International Convention on the Elimination of Racial Discrimination as signed by South Africa and ratified, and the Human Rights Council Equality Report, which flows from it. In a country with an unemployment rate of more than 32%, decentralization and deregulation might be something worth looking into rather than more regulations and more centralization. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, Honorable members, uh, there is the presentation from from solidarity to Mr. Van der Belch. I hope I'm pronouncing Van der Belch. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. Uh, any takers? Any takers? Uh, I see the hand of Honorable Mkonto. Uh, okay, Honorable Mkonto. Honorable Mkonto, over to you. Are you are you around, Honorable Mkondo? Yes, I'm around, Chair. Um, but the system is saying uh, the host. I don't know what they did to my video. It's okay. Um, I I can't open my video. Okay. Uh, they say the host has disabled it. So let me let me talk, Chair. Um, Okay, Chair. Um, Chair, um, I welcome the presentation, but um, I just seek clarity on what uh, Mr. Van, Van der Beel has said about consensus between employers and employees. Che, um, we all know the status quo in our country. Um, how exactly can Mr. Van der Bell give us details of how exactly is this going to be possible when we check the status quo, the relations between workers and employers in our, in our country? The second one is, can I be clarified as to with the history of our country uh, that was uh, 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 our socio-political history that was based on racial discrimination how in his opinion can this be redressed um, because uh, in the presentation he said uh, this is unfair discrimination then how do we redress the past racial imbalances that were taking place in our country. Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Mkonto. If, if from my side, uh, uh, I just want to you to clarify more for me the social manipulation, uh, social manipulation by whom and how do you Oh, do you uh, do you see that happening? 
because I really want to be more more clarified because it's a bit uh, pragmatic for me. That's why I'm I'm just requesting you to clarify what really what is entailed in the in the social manipulation. And secondly, is that uh, the, the 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 I will I will be of the understanding that organizations like yourselves are quite uh, aware of of the rules of parliament and and what then becomes the role of the minister uh, and, and in fact the role of 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 a portfolio committee parliament through a portfolio committee vis-a-vis the role of the minister i i i i, I want to I may I may be linking those. Maybe you will you will you will indicate to me. But I'm I'm, I'm raising. I, I want to get those clarities precisely because of the 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 the, 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 the clause or the utterance of say you people think that uh, there will be social manipulation. If you can expand and clarify for me more on that. In the absence of other hands, uh, I will I will then allow you to respond. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Member Mkontu. Chair, I, I think I'll start with your remark. You people, I think we are all in the same boat. Uh, it's us, not you. So I think that's the first and foremost thing that I want I, to, I apologize. to clarify. No, that's great. Uh, that's fine. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. Uh, Chairperson, I'm, I see there's four questions. Um, uh, the first question by Honourable Member Mkontu is the question about consensus. Uh, then she spoke about the history of our country and the redress that must follow. I will see redress. Your questions was a clarification in terms of societal manipulation. And then you ask question about the rules of parliament, the role of the minister and the portfolio committee. So I'll deal with the question in that specific order. In terms of the consensus and the process uh, that must be followed, it's clear from the current Employment Equity Act and um, we, to a certain extent, prescribe and, and agree with that that notion and with the process that must be followed. There's a in-depth discussion and process that must followed uh, prior to establishing a, a affirmative action plan. And that's precisely that's being prescribed and which is being uh, uh, recommended by the CERT committee and by the um, Human Rights Commission that we must move away, away from race first and foremost, that we must look at, at socioeconomic need. And when we establish that we must move to socioeconomic need, needs, then affirmative action plan must be context sensitive. We argue that uh, they can only be con uh, 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 they can only be agreement on an affirmative action plan if the context of a specific uh, uh, company is taken into account of 
it's unfortunately up, not up to the minister to decide for each and every company what types of consensus must be must be reached. It's not up to the department and up to the minister to tell a company what is the context of the affirmative action plan that must be agreed on. So we argue that consensus is context sensitive. Look at your employers, uh, my apologies, the employees in the company. Then there must be a discussion and then there must be allocation of resources. And that can only uh, lead to a good affirmative action plan for the minister. And maybe I've moved on to the second question as well. For the minister to to uh, to step or to take a step into the the sphere of the company will unfortunately not lead to a good affirmative action plan because there is not a debate between employers and employees, and that will only lead to a quota system. In terms of the historical redress, as uh, alluded to by or uh, stated by. The Honourable Member Mpontu, we prescribe to the maxim of Robert Kiyosaki, which stated that if you teach a man to fish, you feed him for life, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. So we prescribe, or we prescribe to uh, equality in opportunity as opposed to equality in outcome. We say that if you invest in South Africa on the very basic level of basic education and further education, then you ensure that everyone has equal opportunity, uh, uh, an equal opportunity or right to opportunity, and that will automatically lead to redress of the uh, the uh, disadvantage or the, the uh, uh, redress historic historic. Uh, uh, process that happened in the past. In terms of your social manipulation, Chairperson, we argue, and there's quite a big overlap between my first answer and your answer, answer. it will inevitably lead to social manipulation if you get a minister which on a high level makes decision which is applicable companies and that the context of that specific company has not been taken into account. Let's say, for example, the minister makes uh, the decision that in a certain sector there's under-representation of a certain race and that specific sector is uh, is more, uh, let's say, localized in the Western Cape or in the Papua and Free State. But that sectoral determination has been made that the specific race is underrepresented in that specific sector. This will inevitably lead to that specific race that is being manipulated to go to a specific region or to a specific sector. Unfortunately, that's not the reality of our democratic society where each and every uh, individual in that society has the right to decide which, um, which work he wants or how he wants to participate in the workplace, what he wants to do, where he wants to stay, 
and at the end of the day is individual considerations. The consideration by an individual individual will then be monopolized by the by the department and by, by the minister. And therefore we argue that, that this will inevitably lead to a sort of quota system where the society is manipulated by the minister in a certain direction. In terms of the rules of the parliament or the the role of the minister and the role of the portfolio committee. Chairperson, uh, I'm a lawyer. I'm not a, const- uh, a parliamentary uh, expert. I will never, uh, never argue that I'm a parliamentary expert. But we see it that the Labour minister, at the end of the day, needs to 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 look at the uh, to providing equal opportunities to everyone, irrespective of race. And and that's the duty of the minister. The portfolio committee, uh, I think a, a big part of the, and the good work being done by this portfolio committee is to have these debates and to decide whether these types of amendments are constitutional, whether it conforms with international relations, so I think this is a big part of the portfolio committee's job at the end of the day. Thank you, Minister. Uh, thank, thank you very much. I, I just want to, to, to get your, so that I'm more clarified, uh, Mr. Fandapay, Mr. that we, we are a, a, a country, we, first I would have thought that as solidarity you may have, really make your research to come and so that you are then pointed and make an example uh, in saying in, in, in company X in this province, we have, we have made our research. This is what we, that is what we have, we have seen in terms of what has been done in terms of the affirmative action or, or the, the company X in a particular province, he has, he has not employed people, uh, discriminating them in terms of, of, of their race and, and gender. Company X in this pro- province has really had a good program that has, has, has produced workers. Start, I'll make an example. A worker came as a cleaner, but now worker X has been empowered irrespective. But now let's then say this is a, a black or a colored or an Indian, I'm making an example. He came or she came here as a cleaner. Now she is or he is in this level in terms of leadership and managerial position in the in the. I'm raising this because we, 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 we are a country that is, is, is coming from a, 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 a particular past, that that past must empower us on how then do we move forward. And therefore, my clarity is, are you, are you, are you, are you saying that uh, the minister has got no jurisdiction in terms of ensuring that transformation through these amendments is being achieved in the country in terms of the private sector. Everything must be left 
to the private sector for the private sector to do as they wish the minister which government through the minister of employment and labor has got no jurisdiction can, can i can you clarify more for me to understand whether that is what you are saying uh, in particular about the role of government in ensuring that there is transformation in this country because of the past that we are coming from, which, which is something that we can't run away from it. If we are to correct, there are things that we are to look into. And you are saying something very, very important that it's, you, you welcome these, these, these questions. We are in a question session for now. We are still going to have our own discussion as they, but we are in a, a, a question session now to you people who have seen it important that uh, they must they must be part of the of 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 these uh, of these of these processes by 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 parliament i i it, that that will be my last uh, just question of clarity from you in terms of what is your understanding and what do you think that the minister must must the government must do in addressing the imbalances of the past, which are more than three decades. We can't run away from that. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you, Chair. Um, I see that honorable member Kontu also has a hand up, but I'm if I may, Chairperson, I'm just going to answer that question if there's possible uh, Possibly a follow-up question yeah. from leave, leave, leave the hands, leave the hands to me. Uh, I see that okay. is an old hand. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, Chairperson, uh, in relation to your question, I will never dispute that there is inequality in South Africa. That's a given fact. Um, uh, although I might argue, if you look at the uh, recent report by Stats Essay. It seems that equality has shifted from uh, between races, uh, that there is more inequality in today in society in race, in, in a specific race group, as there was between race, uh, race groups. But I think there's a shift of inequality. Uh, but uh, to answer your question, Chair, I think there is a role to play by the department. Uh, of Labour and Biden Minister, but yet again, I have to reiterate that that role is to ensure that there's a, a, a good opportunities or let's say equal rights to opportunities for her to ensure that everyone has the right to opportunity at the end of the day. And that's a, that's a quite an honourable task what to, uh, which is placed on the Minister. It's up to her to ensure that every employee has the necessary, necessary tools to ensure to, to, to compete on the same footing as everyone else. So when, whilst the current focus, it seems to be on the equal, uh, equal equality in outcome, we propose that there must be a shift to equality in opportunity we say that there must be a shift from, from um, looking at race as a proxy for affirmative action 
there must be a shift to socioeconomic needs as a proxy for for uh, affirmative action. If there is a focus to equality in opportunity and you look at socioeconomic needs as a proxy, then most certainly, uh, Chairperson, we argue that the uh, inequality to a certain extent will be dealt with and I don't think in our lifetime, but will uh, there is a possibility that it would be eradicated. Uh, 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 no, thank you very much. Can I just check? Is there any 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 member who wants to before we release uh, Mr. Anthony? The only thing is 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 that which you 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 didn't respond to uh, uh, didn't respond to the to the to the question that I asked. Wouldn't have you didn't you think that it would have been better for you to have a more pointed uh, examples uh, so that we we don't then become uh, general. Yes. more pointed examples so that as we will be engaged on our deliberations, because we are going to do that as the, as the but don't you think that it would have been much better if you had a, a pointed, I'm raising this because we, we have passed now the era of being general at all, because we want to correct a particular a, 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 a situation and environment in the country, and therefore it will be important for lawmakers and and people in 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 private and in business and communities like yourselves and also ourselves to be pointed, so that that's why so that we know that we don't then again have to come back and say, but where is that place? By the way, it it, it that, that's why. For me, as the chair, I think to make things easier and more uh, swift—not swift exactly—more being able for us to engage without any any tensions, any suspicions, is that we are then pointed, given the information by by you people. If you have done that in your in your written submission, we'll then have to go back to that. If you haven't. Can you respond? Do you think that it's a fair, it's a fair question and a fair exercise that the chair of the committee is asking? Uh, Chairperson, uh, in our inputs, we haven't, as such, looked or alluded to certain uh, specific uh, examples. Uh, we can do that if we have still have the opportunity to do that. In, our view of this process was a more generalized um, legal argument as to whether it complies with international and national standards. So my apologies for that. We haven't, we didn't look into depth into specific cases. What I can argue or what I can say to you today is we have been uh, uh, busy in courts with a few specific matters wherein uh, employers has gone outside the framework as stated by the uh, stated by the, by the Employment Equity Act. And one specific example that I can give you is the Department of Correctional Services. It was a constitutional matter which we dealt with about three or four or five years ago. 
And there it was clear, stated by the court, that uh, the framework as set by the Employment Equity Act, and this, I say this specifically because we are currently dealing with the aspect wherein the framework of the Employment Equity Act is being broadened to, to make provision for the department and for the minister to have a, quite a crucial input in the process. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving the specific example. In that court case, the DCS, the Department of Correctional Court case, the court was quite clear that you have the framework as set by the Employment Equity Act um, uh, must be, um, is, is quite strict and dealt in that specific matter with the regionally active population that must be taken into account. So the court was quite clear that you need to take national and regional economic, uh, the regional and national economic active population into account. We say that the proposal made by the minister to, to, to uh, untrammeled or to unfettered make make a sectoral determination without looking into specifically the nuances of the region and the context of uh, a company in that specific region will not comply with the, with the um, constitutional court's judgment in that specific matter. No, thank you very much, Mr. Anthony. We, we will... Uh... I will appreciate you can uh, you are welcome to to stay and uh, and be part of the entire day's proceedings it's all up to you but thank you very much for availing yourself and for showing interest in the process that we're engaged in thank you very much stay from my side thanks a lot thanks to all the honorable members uh, yeah for giving me the opportunity and good luck i think you have a Extremely important job at the end. Yeah, good luck with that. I will ask to be excused. I have other commitments that I must attend to. So, but thanks a lot for the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Mr. Sakaza, who, who is then the next? Uh, Chair, it's going to be now um, summit. Uh, Ms. Tanya Fogg. Uh, has joined, I've made her um, uh, quote so that if she wants to uh, share any uh, presentation on the screen, she can do so. Tanya Fox. Tanya. So, um, Samet. No, thank you very much. Uh, over to you, ma'am. Thank you so much, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. Can I just confirm that you can see my presentation? Yes. Uh, yes, we can see it on my side. I don't know with other with other members, but if I can see it, I think everybody can see it. But we also want to see your face. Huh? Beg your pardon. Let me just go back to. Um, just give me a second. Um, I'm just trying to show. Uh, Go. There we go. Can you see me? Yes, we can see you. Great. All right. And you can see the presentation still. 
Yes, yes. I don't have any indication from any members that they can't see it. So silence uh, means everything is fine. You can continue, ma'am. Thank you. All right. What we will cover uh, in our session this morning is um, I will introduce the SAMIC team. And uh, please, if um, we could just give... um, Um, my SAMIC team the opportunity to speak um, when we get there. We will also um, give you um, some background to the South African Medical Technology Industry Association, who we are, who we represent, and what our mission and vision is. And then we will um, go into our comment on the amendment bill, We will specifically look at the setting of sectors and subsectors, setting of targets, the employer's own targets, compliance with those targets, and other aspects of the amendment bill. So if I can uh, go first into uh, the team, I am Tanya Wacht. I'm the Executive Officer of the South African Medical Technology Industry Association. Um, and very happy to be here. So thank you for the opportunity. And if I can hand over now to my team members, Matse Masilo, to introduce herself. If we can just allow Matse to um, be unmuted. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is Matse Masilo. I am the Transformation Chairperson of Summit. Thank you. Thank you. And then Marlon Burgess. Marlon, are you there? Okay, hopefully Marlon will will still join us if he's not there. Okay, so what I will cover is um, who we are. We are a not-for-gain industry association. Um, We are um, a voluntary association, so it's not mandatory that our members belong to the association. We have been around for some time, since 1985, and have grown quite significantly in that time. So currently, we have in excess of 200 member companies, and our membership is primarily um, companies that either import, export, distribute, wholesale, and also locally manufacture medical devices and in vitro diagnostics. And I just want to spend a little bit of time on what a medical device or an in vitro diagnostic is, because I think it's important and is one of the foundations of our submission. Uh, This is a very complex and varied sector. So uh, a medical device could be anything from a bandage, a drape, a mask, which could be considered under the definition of textiles. It could be implants, which could be um, of a metal nature or ceramic or other. Um, It includes large capital equipment. It could be sutures. It could also be um, laboratory test kits. So a very large variety and range of products makes up um, what we term medical technologies. In fact, we have approximately 500,000 different medical technologies in South Africa at the moment. And just to be aware that um, the majority of the companies in our sector are actually small to medium distributors. 
So we are quite different to that of the pharmaceutical sector. Sometimes we get lumped with the pharmaceutical sector, but really we are very different in terms of our product profile, in terms of the quality management systems and even the sort of um, general manufacturing practices and also the regulatory requirements and the types of skills that are required for our sector. We also have two association members, the Medical Device Manufacturers of South Africa and the South African Laboratory and Diagnostics Association. And we have some associate members. These are companies that are generally service providers to the sector. There might be consultants, logistics companies, um, some uh, trade um, um, promotion agencies even. We like to think of ourselves as the voice of the South African medtech and in vitro diagnostics industry. We really wish to increase the visibility of our sector, the understanding of our sector and the diversity thereof. We advocate to inform healthcare policy and improve delivery of healthcare and access for patients to medical technologies. We share latest market trends. We promote industry-based practices. And to that, um, in that regard, we have a code of ethical marketing and business practice that has been developed specifically with our sector in mind and that all our members have to comply with. We provide networking opportunities and we work with international best practice and organizations for global harmonization. We're also a member of some South African entities. They're listed on the slide. I won't go through them and some international organizations. Our vision is to enable a sustainable, ethical and transformed medtech industry that enhances patient access to quality technologies and innovative solutions. And we aim to provide our sector with a collective, objective and credible platform for engaging with all stakeholders, private and public. And we hold transformation very dear to our hearts. As mentioned, Matze is the chairperson of our transformation committee. Um, the board of SAMED, who are um, responsible for policy and um, identifying the, the strategic imperatives of SAMED, have for many years regarded transformation as um, important. It's an economic and social imperative. We acknowledge that our sector perhaps is not as transformed as it should be. And we also acknowledge that much has to be done to drive meaningful and sustainable change. Uh, in our sector and in, in our country. So we fully support aspects of the Employment Equity Bill um, and policies thereon, and, um, um, and we strive to create an ecosystem that gives our members the tools in order to enable them to transform their companies. So we have submitted written, uh, a written comments, but we um, also requested this opportunity to make verbal representation. And so we appreciate that we've been um, afforded that opportunity. There are absolutely aspects of the bill that we fully support. And um, we've listed these um, in summary, particularly section one in terms of people with disabilities, um, um, the definition being amended to include intellectual sensory impairment. Section eight, in terms of um, various elements that are required to be adhered to before psychological assessment is done. Section 37, which allows for an inspector to instruct an employer to prepare an employment equity plan. 
and on designated employers um, in terms of the thresholds per sector being repealed and only employers with more than 50 employees having to comply. There are some areas, however, that we have um, given due consideration to, and we would like um, the, the, the committee to be aware of these, please. So um, in terms of the um, standard industrial classification levels, um, we would like um, these to be more refined to ensure that similar employers in the medtech sector face similar regulatory and other requirements because we feel that this will influence the pools of available candidates and also whether skills can be acquired or not at a new workplace, some of which are due to regulatory requirements. Our sector is regulated by the Medicines um, Act and the medical device regulations, and there are certain um, skills and um, requirements that are regulated in terms of the regulations. So what we have noted is that the um, SIC is um, at times inconsistent and not always aligned with medtech companies' um, employment equity report classifications. And it's really primarily because of this big diversity in the sector. So what we are asking is that sub-targets would need to be set up per division and also that those sub-targets relate to the medtech industry specifically because of this vast diversity. As mentioned, some of our um, members fall within manufacturing of textiles, some within chemical products, some within pharmaceuticals, because um, there are products that have both a pharmaceutical component as well as a medical device component. We call these combination medical devices. Um, as mentioned, there are test kits that would fall under plastics, rubber gloves, for example, capital equipment, and even other. So uh, we therefore may fall under various categories and may be required to meet vastly different targets. And this is where this inconsistency or confusion or potential complexity lies um, or will arise. So we even find that medtech companies fall, may fall within the retail space. And we also have, um, as I mentioned, companies that are considered wholesalers. So our proposal in this regard is that we would um, like to request that there is um, provision of more than 30 days to engage on any targets that are required, that a methodology be arrived at as to how the targets will be set and that be published potentially for comment. And also that the minister please consult with the relevant sector, i.e. the medtech sector, um, so that uh, we can make sure that the, you know, SIC groups align and that um, if agreement cannot be reached, that there is some form of arbitration. And these refer specifically to sections 15A, subsection 3 and section 15A, 5. I'm now going to hand over, if I may, to um, my colleague, Motse. Um, thank you, Tania. Can you just go back to the last, uh, the slide before the one that you did? 
so I think there's a there was a little bit of Tanya slide nine. Slide. Go to yeah. Uh, sorry, I can't see. Uh, there we go. Yes, that one. Yeah. Uh, go to the next one. Yes, that one. So I think there was a little bit of um, confusion when Tanya uh, proposed, um, presented this slide because this slide is actually our proposal number two. So apologies for that. So this is a summary of a, our proposal number two, which we are saying that um, we would like the minister to consider for engagement to be more than 30 days the methodology on how target assets to be published and also to um, look at the different sectors that uh, Tanya has alluded to. Next slide, please. So in the next slide, I will go into the details with regards to the setting of targets. So with regards to the setting of targets, um, we are saying that we would like the portfolio committee to consider that um, the legislation should allow for a consultative approach for setting this target. And what we mean by that is that it should be consultation with the sector, because as Tanya has alluded that the sector is quite different. We've got multinationals, we've got wholesalers, we've got distributors. So for us to have a smooth process of what are the targets and looking at different companies, their sizes, their economy, it would be much easier if we come up with the targets that are being consulted with rather than targets that we are not sure where they're coming from. So it is just really a request to say, let's work together on coming up with these targets. Um, I have already alluded to that the reason we would like to have that is because there are significant differences between the medical tech companies. And that's why we're saying, let us have a consultative process on how we come in with these targets. We are of the view that a one-size-fits-all will not work, and we would not like to have targets that are either set too high and they are not achievable, or targets that are set too low and they are easy to achieve. And that's why we're saying, let's work together, the government and the industry, to come up with these targets. So that, that is really our proposal in terms of setting of targets. And next slide, please, Tanya. In terms of uh, our proposal number three, we would like to look at the practicalities of timing when we're setting these targets. And also we would like to look at the levels of compliance as set out in the law, in the act. So let me talk to those um, a little bit and give some input on that. Next slide, please, please Tanya. So in terms of uh, the setting of targets, we're saying there is some wording that we are uncertain about and we hope that we will get clarity because as it is written now, we are not sure what it means. So um, in terms of the Employment Equity Act, how it works currently, 
is that you need to achieve target every year. So it is an annual target. So with regards to this act um, or this amendment, we're seeking clarity to say, are we going to have multiple targets for subsequent year or are we going to remain with this a, a one target on an annual basis? Um, because at the moment, what, we, <clears throat> what the Act is saying is that when you look at the employment equity, you, you look at it in one year, but you could have a plan for three years. So you could say in the next three years, this is how I'm planning to transform my company. So is this amendment looking at the two or three years period, or is it only looking at one year? We are also saying that in terms of the method of issuing a compliance certificate, um, we're saying that um, we would like that methodology to be clarified on how companies will get this uh, certificate. For example, if a company has been compliant, let's say on the management level, um, and it's not compliant on the other level of um, uh, the, the different levels in the company, will they get a certificate when they are compliant with everything or is it also part compliance will be looked at? And also is it compliance over several years, which we think is actually the most sufficient way to do it, which is sustainable. If we say to a company, over a certain period of years, this is your compliance level and this is how it should be, rather than if we do it on an annual basis, then it is easy for companies to change and, and really, you know, to have the people, but not over a long period of time. So what we are saying is that we need clarity on the issuing of the certificate, whether it, it, it's going to be on an annual basis or it's going to be over a period of time. So those are the clarities that we would like to have. And next uh, slide, please, Tanya. And um, our fourth proposal, it's with regards to the process of compliance, uh, of the compliance certificates and the challenges that we foresee in issuing uh, these certificates. So let me talk to uh, those slides in, in a detail. Next slide, Tanya. So what we're saying is that at the moment, um, the employer, according to the Employment Equity Act, the employer is setting their own targets and they set those targets in consultation with the EEA Employment Equity Forum, right? Now, with the sectoral targets, we want to clarify if does that fall away, meaning the employer is not going to set their own targets anymore and they're not going to consult their EE Forum anymore? Um, is, is the sectoral targets going to take precedence or which one is, is going to, to be working? So it is just really for us to have clarity to say this amendment will also need to look at what the current Employment Equity Act is saying. 
Um, and I have, yeah, I have already spoken to the second point, which is in terms of the Employment Equity Act, uh, designated employers are legally required to consult with the employees. So now with this amendment, would that still stay on or will it, uh, uh, will it change? Next slide, please, Tanya. Um, now, when it comes to compliance with the targets, um, it seems possible to justify non-compliance, which suppose a, a draft process where the employer could provide a justification why they are not compliant. So we would like to understand how will this process work, given the need for a compliance certificate and when an employer has to tender um, for, for, you know, for, for something, uh, whether this is not going to delay the process, if they, then they will have to go back and say, this is my justification, why I'm not compliant, uh, this is what happened, uh, you know, I've just retrenched people or whatever. So, with the with with the thinking in mind that the tenders have a time limit, is this process not going to be delayed? And um, the timeline and the process of applying for a certificate are not stipulated in the current amendment. And our suggestion is that they should be stipulated so as we, uh, the employers are also aware to say, this is how long it will take before the certificate is issued. Um, and we, we think that this is, you know, a, a burden to the a minister and maybe it's not, um, but this is just us saying, you know, uh, we, we, we just don't see how it will work and if it will work sufficiently that's great but we just um saying that if it doesn't then it could have an uh, a delay on on other process such as the tender process um yes okay so so i think yes that that that's that's what i wanted to mainly cover on on this slide next slide please tanya so in summary, and the next slide, um, as summit, what we're saying is that we, we regard transformation as the economic and social imperative, and we are committed to it. And we think um, we, we really uh, support it. Uh, it should be an ongoing process. And we actually support the amendments that have been uh, tabled down, which is thinking that some of the things maybe could be streamlined uh, differently. We would like the committee to consider a more refined um, uh, classifications, as Tanya has alluded to, and we would like um, the minister to consult with the relevant sectors, as I have spoken, what, what are the reasons for that. Um, we think uh, 30 days might be a bit too short uh, in terms of engagement with the targets and, you know, the publish or publications of the method methodology of how these target were set. So we are asking the committee to look at a little bit more time than 30 days. 
Um, we have spoken to the practicality of how this will talk to other uh, uh, parts of the Employment Equity Act, which are already in law. And we have spoken also about the levels of compliance that uh, should be set out in the Act. And uh, lastly, we would please like the committee to look at the process of issuing the compliance certificates and the challenges that could be faced thereon. And if the committee would like to get in touch with us, I think um, it's very clear. Next slide, Tanya. Um, you've got um, the, the numbers to the summit office, the transformation committee email, and uh, definitely you could um, contact us via Tanya. And that is all from us. Thank you very much for the opportunity and we will take questions. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Mim. Uh, just the latter, that's why you, when an invitation was sent to you requesting to come and make a oral presentation, it's, it's how then you are getting in touch with you so that we, we are then able to, to, to really do get uh, the feel of, of what are your views and they will then ask uh, questions of clarity. Uh, uh, because now we're not engaging with you. We just want some clarities from yourself so that when we engage, the, the, the process, as the process unfolds, the committee will, will then sit and look and, and, and guide it by the rules of, 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 of parliament on then what we should do. But I just want to, in, in, in listening to your presentation, maybe I will allow members to first, uh, before I make my comment, uh, members, uh, there is the presentation. Uh, any questions? Uh, clarity on this on this presentation of summit. Can I get a, can I get an indication? Who are are there any hands? Now there is something on my screen. I can't then see. Can I be assisted by people that have uh, are technologically empowered? Because I want to see hands. I can't see hands. My, uh, my, hand, my hand is up. Yeah, because Tanya's presentation is still on my screen. Uh, Honorable Kondo Chair and Honorable Kado's hands are up there. Okay, Honorable Mkondo, okay. Honorable Mkondo, Honorable Kado. Uh, okay. Honorable Mkondo. Um, thanks, Chair. We welcome the presentation. Um, the My first uh, question will be on the fact that the presenter... Um, Ms. Tanya said the sector is regulated. Um, can we be given 
uh, details on uh, as to um, what are the examples of the regulations that might not be in line with the with the bill. Um, the second one. Um, um uh, said, Miss Mweti said the employer must set his or her own targets. And my question is, what about the standards? How is that going to be monitored? What standards is um uh, the, the the employers if given an opportunity to set their own targets? What are the standards that they are going to be monitored against? Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Kado. Thanks, Chair. I'm just unmuting myself. Um, thank you for the presentation. And I did read the written submission, which is published on your website. Um, my questions for clarification are these. Uh, perhaps you could clarify for us what exactly are the main inconsistencies that you've identified within the standard industrial classification. If you could speak to those inconsistencies uh, at a broad level, uh, you needn't drill down into specifics, but if you could give us an understanding of what the broad uh, general problems and inconsistencies are. And then allied to that, I understand your point that given the diversity within the medical device sector, sub-targets would have to be set uh, per division. But my question is, what sort of additional regulatory burden will this place on med-tech companies? If you could give us some insight into that. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, for, from, from, from my side, Tanya, is as, as, as you were making a presentation, and in, 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 in what I would have expected, because we are addressing, uh, we're talking about employment equity, and in that amendment, in that we are, uh, we are in the process of wanting to address inequalities in the entire in the entire country and sectors like yourselves. And therefore you, you did say that you are a, a long established a, 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 a company with all these diverse systems or, or whatever. But I would, have, I would have expected that among other things, I must not read in between lines and assume that among other things that because of the nature of this industry, you'll have a challenge of, of race, you'll have a challenge of gender, you'll have a challenge of uh, people with disabilities, you'll also have a challenge of age. I'm raising this because it is a sector that also touches into the system of education that is this country we are coming from, which at a particular time never enable 
a certain grouping and community to be to be to be to be part of. Let me make an example. I've got a colleague. I'm coming from the, the health sector. I've got a colleague of mine whose daughter, when she applied, although it's not when she applied that that particular time to be a medical technology, a medical technologist at the time, before 1994, parents were asked to put it in writing why they want their child to do medical technology. And and, And the student herself was asked uh, to write that so that he gets permission from the Minister of Health of Education at that particular time. She's still here. She's still the parent and herself. She's a medical technologist. Now, I'm, try- I'm making that example to illustrate to you that one understands that this sector is one of those sectors that really, and I'm, and, and I'm happy that you have got a chairperson of the transformation a, a, a committee, and it then means you are really, you are really uh, committed. But in that committee, in, in, in you being committed from my side, is that I would have appreciated if you would have been open in, and, and to be open to us to say, in fact, the other thing that makes us to be committed is because this sector, if I can just be blunt, is is more white male dominated in terms of age it's 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 this because we are uh you know we are coming from this and and i think it's 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 it's, it's something that uh, tanya and 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 miss masilo i would have, have then appreciated that uh, you 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 then you then it's uh, be open to us so that we don't want, among other things, those are the things they may be seen as being petty. They may be seen as we are still stuck on, on the past, but no, as we are moving forward, wanted to correct a situation, which we must do, that there are some of those things when people say we have to take a fine comb. So my clarity for me, the question from you is this, didn't you see it necessary? Uh, to reflect that uh, to us, so that we are when we when we deliberate at a particular time, we are then able to as the as the committee to reflect on some of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think for me the, the, those will be those will just be uh, uh, questions. But lastly, just to say that um, I, I I I get a sense that you may have you may have missed the initial process of the bill in terms of the process that it is then the department through the minister that will request submissions from the public. We are, we are not going to give you clarities now on some of the things that you are asking because for us is to get clarity. The department is here. The department is then going to do that so that when then we, we, we deliberate and will be advised by the legal fundies how best do we, I think, how best do we address your clarity? But we're not going to now 
allowed was we're not at that stage. We're at the stage where we are listening at you and dotting down and asking questions of clarity. I will, if I, in the absence of, 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 of other hands, I will then uh, 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 give you the platform to respond, allow you to respond. Okay, Chairperson, uh, thank you um, for your questions. And um, I, I think you, you are absolutely correct. I agree with you that uh, the sector has transformed at a snail pace, right? So there, I fully agree with you. And I think you're correct that we should have um, mentioned it when we started um, in, in, with this presentation. So um, probably it was an oversight uh, from, from us, um, but it is uh, something that we will take that um, you know, next time when we engage in such a, a, a forum that we, we start first by um, acknowledging uh, some of the things. And in, in terms of the, the transformation in, in the sector, um, I, I joined a summit as a board member and as a transformation uh, a chair committee about two years ago. And it is something that we are taking very seriously. We, we are aware that uh, we need to really work very hard. And um, we, we now at least have a strategy and we have some plans of how we're going to do it. I worked in the sector myself uh, for the last 20 years. So I do know what you mean when you say that the sector is not transformed. So I, I want to say to you, Che, you're absolutely correct. And I agree with you. So while I'm still on, I will take the opportunity to uh, respond to the question that was asked by um, Honorable Ms. Mkonto, I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. Um, so in, when I was referring to uh, employers own setting their own targets, I was talking about the current Employment Equity Act. So with the current Employment Equity Act, uh, normally on an annual basis, the employer will say, this is how I'm going to transform or these are my um, targets in the next three years. So the employer is currently, so this is what employers are currently doing now. They are submitting the employment equity plan to the Department of Labor every uh, two years. And they are saying this is how we're going to transform. So this is something that is currently happening. So with regards to this bill, what I was, what we were suggesting is that um, when the minister sets their sectoral targets, it should be in consultation with the sector so that the sector could say these targets we will not be able to reach because of these reasons, or these targets are low, they are easily reached because of these reasons. How about the targets be, I don't know, you know, uh, in, in this range, because this is something that could be done. 
So that, that's what I was referring to. I hope I have clarified it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Tanya, to you, the, the Honorable Cardio has also asked a, a question. Uh, okay, I'll hand over to you now to respond. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, just if I can also uh, just add, if I may, to what Botse said, um, we have uh, also in the last uh, two years done a kind of um, transformation landscape analysis of our membership. So we know what the picture looks like and, um, and we, we, we know now what we need to do to try and transform. And, and the committee is coming up with some very real, constructive, um, practical interventions to, um, to support that transformation. And we would be very willing to share that with you um, um, at another point if, if, um, if you would like us to do that. Um, the question around the regulations and um, why they were mentioned and how they align or not. Um, I think uh, the example that we gave in our submission was um, every single uh, medical device company has to have, for example, um, someone called an authorized representative by law. Now, um, if we start looking at, um, you know, targets, um, and, and I think the complexity comes in when companies themselves within the medtech sector might fall within those different sick areas. And so it becomes a little confusing then that if there are targets set within each of those sectors, um, yet, uh, for example, an authorised representative is required across the entire medtech sector, how does one align with those targets? So that would just be uh, a simple example. Um, but I think, uh, to Matze's point, the, the other perhaps um, areas that might um, be misaligned would, would come out in discussion and through consultation. Uh, with regards to the the targets and um, and whether the subsectors align with the various types of um, companies, as I mentioned, um, even within a medtech company, for example, they might be importing or manufacturing a variety of medtech products, and so now they fall within a variety of those sectors within the SIC classification. So how does one then make sure that the targets um, that are set are realistic potentially, um, as once I said, are either too high or maybe too low? Um, so I, I hope that that has helped to answer that question. Um, I think also something that we have realized is that um, there is a dearth of critical skills in our sector. And um, we really need to work at um, improving um, and drafting curriculum and creating learnerships so that um, people can learn those critical skills um, and grow the sector, but also grow the economy. Um, and we are busy with an initiative uh, right now 
um, looking at um, how we can support that. Another complexity in our sector, just um, something to mention, is that um, many of the medtech companies don't all fall under the same CETA. So depending on the types of products um, um, and the, the, the nature of the work that they do, they may fall under different CETAs. So that is uh, just another area um, of complexity to consider. Thank you. Okay, I think, uh... Honourable members, in the absence, because I don't see any hands, I don't see anybody who's indicating. I think uh, we have, uh, thank you very much, Tanya and, 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 and uh, Moti. Uh, my apologies if I'm, 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 uh, I'm pronouncing your, your, your surname wrongly. We will then... Uh, yeah, we will release. If you want to sit and listen to the others, it's fine. You are welcome. If you want to to log out, it's, it's still okay with us. But we're still continuing. Whenever, if you want to go and come back, it's okay with us. But thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. Thank uh, you, Mr. Oh, welcome, uh, Mr. Sakaza. Who is the next? Yes, Chair. The next one to present now, Chair, would be Agri Western Cape. I see Mr. Louis Bessels is made co-host, so he can share if he has got a screen to share. Louis Bessels from Agri Western Cape. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, thank you, Chairperson, honourable members and guests. Um, thank you for the opportunity to, to present our oral representations to you today. My name is Louis Vessels, and I'm the legal and administrative manager of OU Western Cape. Um, I am joined today by Mr. Yanni Stadon, um, who will assist in answering any questions you, you would pose to us today. And he is the chief executive officer of OU Western Cape. Um, I would like, there he is on the screen, just getting you, Chair. Um, I would like to, to take the opportunity to just um, give you a background of who and what Agri Western Cape is. Uh, we are an unbiased, apolitical federal organization. Um, it is presenting primary producers, agricultural producers in the Western Cape. Um, we are also a voluntary member-based organization. Um, our mandate of operation um, are within the region of the Western Cape. And currently, we represent approximately 3,500 agricultural producers. Uh, Agri Western Cap promotes a healthy local agricultural and food supply. Um, we do this within a province that has an extreme varied agricultural sector, going from extensive livestock farming in the currently drought-stricken areas like Karua to a fruit farming, which is quite an intensive industry. Um, Western Cape of at this at this moment, just to just to give further background, the farming industry is is facing a situation where um, policy uncertainty um, reigns and also um, facing input costs that's higher than inflation. 
Um, lastly, as backhand, I would like to state that Agri Western Cape supports um, successful and sustainable transformation within the sector. Chair, um, if, if we can move to specific comments that we have on the Act, um, as others that presented before us, we also um, submitted written um, presentations. And like I said, we, we welcome the opportunity to, to give clarification via our oral presentations today. Um, clause 4 of the amendment bill suggests the insertion of Section 15, capital A, into the Act. And in short, um, Section 15A affords the Minister the authority to prescribe criteria and identify national economic sectors and subsectors for the purpose of ensuring the equitable representation um, of suitably qualified persons um, within that occupational levels. Um, as I said, our, our comments will be will be to the Western Cape, and within the Western Cape. Uh, our demographic representation in rural areas are different to that of other problems of, of other provinces, as they would as theirs would also differ from from ours and then um, other provinces. Numerical targets could could make it impossible for producers in the farming sector and agriprocessing sector to ensure the equitable representation um, of suitably, suitably qualified persons. Um, from designated groups as may be prescribed by the targets. Um, as I mentioned, we have an extremely varied landscape and then with that demogra demographic representation within the Western Cape. Um, at the moment, this Section 15A uh, gives a broad authority to the Minister to identify the subsectors and sectors um, for the transformational numeric targets and no guidelines is currently provided um, to to guide us as a sector as to how these these um how these sectors and guidelines would be proposed. Uh, we are um, concerned that at the moment, without the necessary insight into um, each sector and the demographic area within which the sector operates, that targets may be set which may be, as I mentioned, impossible to, to obtain, but also which may infringe on, on the rights of the population within, within that sector and demographic area to, to um, obtain work. Chair, um, if we move to Clause 8 of the Amendment Bill, um, section, it suggests that Section 27.4, that the National Minimum Wage Commission must research and investigate norms and benchmarks for appropriate income differential and advise the minister on appropriate measures for reducing disproportionate differentials. J.R.G. Um, Western Cape wholeheartedly supports a wage in accordance with the constitution to provide and to uphold each person with their human dignity. Um, we are concerned um, to our interpretation of of section 24 of 27 4 specifically that this mandate goes beyond beyond that of the of the um of a constitutional um and digni humanly dignified wage in that it um compensates in that it tries or in that it could try um to 
rekte fooi, en ook rekte fooi, die put targets, numerical targets, of compensational ratios between occupational levels within a sector and within the agricultural sector. Um, if we move to clause 10 of the amendment bill, section 37, um, although this might seem like a like a small a small point to, to ask clarification on, um, the section or the part of the section that we are concerned with is that it states that the labor inspector may assign um, a person to serve the compliance order on behalf of the labor inspectors. I realize that that also to the previous speaker, um, you mentioned that this is not the forum where you will be able to give us all the answers we are asking for clarification on or raising concerns on. But um, on this specific point, we we would like to know in what circumstances would it be necessary for a labor inspector to assign a necessary person. Um, the reason being twofold is first, if if the labor inspector serves a notice of non-compliance himself upon an employer, that gives the employer the opportunity to engage with the labor inspector um, on points of clarification as to where rectification needs to be needs to be made. Also, um, I, I'm sure you would have noticed that that rural safety is is a great concern without or throughout the whole country, and um, we we would submit that if such a person um, is assigned by the labour inspector, there should be regulations as to how he or she should identify themselves when they enter um, the employer's premises, um, and that's purely for for safety reasons. Chair, the last, the last um, section I want to raise is clause 12 within the amendment bill, which suggests the amendment of section 53. And uh, we clearly raise this point because uh, we, we raised our concerns earlier about section 15A and section 53 states that um, a, of a certificate of compliance can only be issued if um, section 15a is complied with. Um, I'm not going to, to um, revisit our comments on section 15a. Chair, um, in short, that that is um, our comments um, seen through the lens of, of primary agriculture within the region of the Western Cape. Um, if there is any, any questions of clarification, we would gladly try to answer as far as possible. Thank, thank you very much, uh, Mr. Stregon. Can I just check from, from Mr. Sakaza? Uh, is the legal person around? Has she joined, has she joined us? Mr. Sakaza? Mr. Sakaza? Okay, no, no, I, I, the reason that I'm asking, uh, I just want a, a, a guidance to end because this thing it keeps on coming and we don't, I don't want us to be, to be, to be, yeah, to be compromised. That uh, in terms of clarities that are being uh, sorted out by the presenters, 
those clarities, we won't be able to respond to them now because it is clarities that then the department will have to respond to at a particular time when we are we are we are we are deliberating. Can I just get uh, can I just get uh, guidance from you? Is the office of the chair correct? Is she, I see, she, she was here. I think she, she must have um, logged out. I will send her a message, Chair. To say Can that. you please send her a message so that before, by the time we, we finish, mm-hmm. she is then able to, to post us the papers that she is to be here, uh, yes. is that they are to, to guide us. Okay, honorable members, there, there is the, the short and straight to the point presentation from Mr. Vessels, any clarities? Over to you, Honorable Nobo, and, and good, good morning, sir. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Chairperson. A very little one. Uh, it's just that I did not hear, it's not even clarity. Uh, when the uh, 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 legal advisor, I, I forget the name, uh, was uh, making his presentation, uh, I, I missed the number uh, of the uh, workers is representing, they're representing. He, he said 8,500 or 800, 500. I, I just want to get that. To me, it's very important. Uh, 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 uh. Thank you, thank you, Honorable Nobo. Honorable Mkondo. Uh, Chair, Honorable... yes, Chair. Um, we welcome the presentation from Agri Western Cape. Chair, my first question will be, um, whom are they representing? Are they representing work uh, employees or employers? or are they representing both? And then the second question is, uh, in the presentation, um, uh, he said targets will be impossible, numerical targets will be impossible to achieve. I just want to know as to, is there any feasibility study that they have done? Um, And if there is, can we, we be given uh, details as to wh- on what basis are the numerical targets very impossible to to be achieved? Is it based on a shortage of uh, qualified persons, shortage of skills, or any other reason? Thanks, Chair. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Honorable Kondo. Those were the two hands, uh, Mr. Vessels. Uh, I will allow you to respond. Thank you. Thank you, Chair, and, and thank you for, for the questions. Um, question number one, um, I can just state that the, the um, number was 3,500, um, was the number, approximately 3,500. Um, and then to, to the question two, who do we represent? Um, so Agri Western Cap represents commercial agricultural producers throughout the Western Cape. So that's commercial farmers throughout the Western Cape. That is um, who, who we represent. And 
to the third question is with regards to the numerical targets, which which um, was stated that it would be impossible to to um, obtain or achieve. Um, just just a point of clarification, and maybe I wasn't coming over quite correctly. Um, I I stated that we are concerned that um, uh, that regarding what the targets would be it might be impossible to achieve. So there's no feasibility study I, I can to refer to at the moment. Um, and that is also um, to a certain extent due to we not knowing what the, what the numerical targets will be or what the um, criteria will be for setting these numerical targets. So, so I think if, if that information comes, comes to light, it would also be easier to refer to a study or if necessary, conduct a study check. Um, if that's that's sufficiently clarified. The, 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 the difficulty with me is is for you to come to a should I say a conclusion that the target will be impossible to achieve when you have not done any any what research or whatever. So that you come to, so you have you have come to that. Uh, so that's that's that's. I think that's the the importance of of the 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 the, 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 the clarification uh, be, uh, because it 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 it. Uh, but but uh, it's 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 it is it is fine. We will then uh, will as as we move forward, we'll see how best when we are then being advised by the legal people. Uh, in the absence of, um, I don't know, Mr. Ngobo, or Honorable Ngobo, is it, uh, is it the, the old hand or you still want to ask any other question? Or oh, I'll assume it's the old hand. Thank you very much. Uh, in the absence of, of, other, of, of any other hands, uh, uh, thank you very much, Mr. Vessels. You can, you are invited to, to be part, to be part of, uh, to, to stay with us, or you can leave if you want to. Thank you very much. Thank you, Chair. Uh, Mr. Sakaza, who is the next? Chair, now is the last one, which is the Banking Association of South Africa, the ASA, PASA. Uh, Ayanda is, uh, uh, he has been given the rights to can. Uh, um, uh, share the, the presentation. Ayanda. Thank, uh, uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much, ma'am. Can I just, can Mr. Ngobo lower his hand? Mr. Sakaza, please, uh, uh, can you request Mr. Ngobo to do that? Morning, uh, Miss Ayanda. We'll hand over to you. would like to see your face, ma'am. Oh, you can't see. You can't see my face, Honorable Chair? No, I, it's only now that I can see you. Thank you. Um, yeah. Honorable Chair and members, uh, Basa would firstly like to thank you for extending this opportunity to allow us to present to you this morning. Um, I am Ayanda Bayebi from the Banking Association and I'm introduced to you. 
who will be assisting with the presentation uh, this morning. Um, I have uh, Mr. Bongane Sibanyoni. Good morning, Chair. Good morning, honorable members. Uh, Mrs. Nicolette Tussart. Hopefully she will um, be able to show us her face, uh, Honorable Chair, but uh, also I have Mr. Dungu Masindi. Good morning, Chairperson. Good morning, Honorable Members. Thank you. And Mr. Suiso Lukele. Um, sorry, Chair, I think he might not have been uh, able to join us um, as yet, but um, these are the members that will be participating um, along myself um, this morning. And we trust that the presentation that we bring forth today will be of assistance to the committee to assist you to finalize the proposed uh, amendments to this act, uh, considering all the aspects and industries across the board. So firstly, Chair, I would just like to just state that, um, so open this, I hope you can all see it clearly. Um, BASA is the industry association that is mandated to represent the banking sector on regulatory and other issues. And- uh, Sorry, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I, I don't see anything on my screen. I only see a blue picture. Okay, let me, let me, okay. Can you see it now, Honorable Chair? Okay, yeah, now I see the introduction. All right. Thank you Thank so you. much, ma'am. If I may just start then, um, I was saying that BASA is an industry association um, that is mandated to represent the banking sector on regulatory and other issues. And uh, we'd like to state that BASA supports the tenor of the bill, which is aimed at addressing the slow pace of transformation within many South African workplaces. And I would just like to also state at this point that um, BASA acknowledges um, um, that um, there's um, a long way to be done in terms of transformation, uh, you know, also along with other various sectors that are affected. But I think also we can also acknowledge the great strides that have been taken to ensure that there's transformation within the banking sector. Um, just to... Um, highlight. Um, we have sent our submission to the committee, but there was just two specific issues that we wanted to just highlight um, as BASA. And one of those um, was firstly the consultation process. And what we just want to speak on in that respect um, is that in respect of Section 1A, uh, where there's a proposed uh, deletion in paragraph B in the definition of designated employer, um, BASA is of the view that the deletion has the unintended consequence of exempting small businesses from application of um, affirmative action, regardless of their annual turnover. And we are of the view that this has a potential of creating a loophole for employers who employ 50 or more employees 
to restructure in a manner that um, excludes them from the application of affirmative um, action, regardless of um, their annual turnover. So that's just what, what I wanted to bring in that in that respect. And also the, um, the proposed amendment in terms of Section 15A, um, I think for us, we, we note that um, Section 15A3 um, gives all the powers to the minister um, to set targets in consultation with the National Minimum Wage Commission and not the relevant sector. And we are of the view that this could be problematic in the sense that it would fundamentally alter the agreements that were, were made at NETLEC um, by business as well as the social uh, partners. And what Bartha proposes is that um, the minister should revert to the initial agreements which were made that were negotiated at NEDLEC, um, that is to consult with the relevant um, sector bodies when setting the sector standards. And I think one of the concerns that we might uh, also have is that um, in respect of you know, consulting the commission is that the commission might not be fully versed about all the... Um, various um, issues that may be, uh, you know, be faced by each uh, different sector. And I think just to, on this point, Honorable Chair, I would just like to bring in uh, my colleague, um, Mr. Bongani Sibanyoni, just to elaborate on this point that Basa would like to make. Thank you. Um, thank you, Honorable Chair. Um, I think um, Ayanda has... <clears throat> you know, highlighted the, some of the concerns that we have in relation to the consultation process. But I think um, the assurance that we also want to give the, the committee is that we are fully in support of the sector targets. Um, so that just as a starting point, what we are saying as a banking sector is we would appreciate being given the opportunity chair when the minister sets the targets to consult with the specific sector in order to be able to understand the nuances that might particularly exist in that sector so that when we set the targets for that sector, we don't set them for the sake of setting targets, but we set realistic targets that are achievable by the sector as agreed with the minister. We, we note the involvement of the commission and, and our, our, our concern in terms of that, we, we, we certainly believe the commission should be involved. However, the, the, the stakeholders that uh, sit within the commission would not necessarily have a specific knowledge in a particular sector to understand what are the, some of the areas, what are some of the things that we can um, you know, look at removing as barriers to be able to set targets that are realistic for the particular sector. Additionally, to make sure that when we hold each other to account, we are holding each other to account on something that we all agreed on between us as well as the minister. That's the one point we really wanted to emphasize, Chair, to say we are fully in support. We understand that uh, not everyone might be in, 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 in the same page as us, but the banking sector we, we, we believe that there's a lot of work that was done through NEDLEC between the social partners. And we, 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 we certainly want to do whatever we can on our side to make sure that we move forward together with government in making sure that employment equity and affirmative action in particular are fully imp implemented um, as, as, as agreed by the social partners. 
Um, that that will be all for me for for, for now, Chair. Just in emphasizing the point that Aranda, Ayanda raised. Thank you so much, uh, Bongani. Um, if we may continue, um, Chair. Um, so that is just uh, one of the points that we wanted to bring in respect of the consultation process. And also just to note that in respect of Section 4A, uh, where it speaks about the, say, um, the, the targets um, that need to be set for different occupational levels, uh, subsectors or regions within a sector on the basis of any other relevant factor. The point we wanted to just bring across in, in this um, point was that uh, ideally that the sector targets should be set nationally and not um, differentiated by region as a business with a national footprint would need to comply with different targets um, targets um, by region. And this would place uh, a burden in terms of restructuring, uh, planning, and managing the compliance requirements for those businesses that operate um, nationally. And um, just another point that uh, in respect of one of the fundamental principles, uh, which are part of the Implement Equity Act, um, that is um, Section 15.3, is that quotas um, should be excluded when affirmative measures are designed. Um, essentially imposed regional targets, simply put our quotas, and these quotas will be imposed on a particular industry and companies would be expected to achieve um, those targets. And the companies have different challenges and are moving from a different basis in, irrespective of being in a similar sector or industry. And uh, I think what we would just like to um, just state was that overall, we are of the view that the process to set targets should be uh, consultative, um, fair, and also transparent. And the second point that we wanted to raise, Honorable Chair, is just in respect of uh, conflating of CCMA and employment equity processes and what we mean by this. So in respect of the proposed amendment in terms of um, Section 53, where it states that um, the minister may only issue a certificate, meaning a compliance certificate in terms of subsection two, if the minister is satisfied that. So the point we wanted to raise here, um, Honorable Chair, was that um, employee disputes are unavoidable and the outcomes of legal proceedings are often unpredictable as well. So as such, we are of the view that to place reliance uh, of outcomes of CCMA or labor court decisions to determine whether an employee can be issued with a compliant, uh, sorry, an employer can be issued with a compliance certificate goes against the spirit of um, fairness. And further, the CCMA and court, and court processes should not be combined with a legislative process. Otherwise, then we run the risk of employers being afraid to discipline employees for the fear of not being able to obtain a compliance certificate as court proceedings can be unpredictable at times. And um, the CCMA and labor courts are there to protect employees and employers uh, to enable them to settle their disputes between them. And therefore, the outcome of such processes should not be used uh, against employers. So we as Basel would propose that this requirement be removed from the um, from employ employment equity um, compliance. Um, I would just like to um, ask if um, Mr. Masindi 
would at this point like to just um, come in, Chair, just to re-emphasize the point that we are just trying to make to the Honorable Committee. Thank you. Thank you, Ayanda. Um, yeah, so this is um, something that we feel strongly about, um, honorable members and honorable chairperson that should not be conflated. Um, I think it will make it really difficult uh, for planning purposes if you know that there are cases, as it is always the case, uh, pending um, to plan appropriately in order to achieve the targets that would have been set for the sector. Um, I think the burden of, um, of dealing with two separate processes uh, would be unreasonable for, for, for any employer. And as such, uh, we, we would propose and recommend that uh, the two processes are not conflated. Thank you very much. Thank you, you, Mr. Ma yes, Honorable yeah. Chair. No, I wanted to check if you are done or you are still continuing. Um, we are done, Honorable Chair. We just want to thank you for giving us the opportunity and we are free to take any questions that may come from the floor. Thank you so much, Chair. Uh, thank you, Honorable Members. Uh, there is the presentation. Uh, from the Banking Association of South Africa, am I correct? Yes. Uh, uh, any questions of clarity? Honorable uh, Cardo, Honorable Mkonto. Thank you, Chair. Um, at one point in the presentation on one of the slides, uh, you said that imposed regional targets are quotas. And I just wanted you to clarify and unpack that statement. Um, why do you single out regional targets as in effect amounting to quotas? I mean, one should equally be able to say surely that imposed national targets are quotas. Any imposed target is a quota in my view. So if you could unpack your reasoning behind why you specifically mention the imposition of regional targets as quotas, I would be grateful. Thank you. Um, uh, thanks, Chair. My uh, first uh, question would be on the section uh, 15A that the, pre the presenters referred to. Uh, that one of um, the, they referred to the network agreements. I just want to check with them if according to uh, their observation, those uh, agreements were able to achieve the aspired uh, uh, goals or results. Can not, not with them only, but uh, with um, uh, other, other sectors. That's according to their observation chair. And then the second and last one, is um, they are saying uh, the CCMA and the Labour Court is protecting employers. Don't, don't they think that we need something proactive? Because the two that they are referring to, they are reactive. So 
um, is it not time, according to them, that we need a legislation that um, will be proactive in protecting uh, uh, employees? Thanks, Chair. Uh, uh, thank you very much. Uh, just a, a, a clarity from myself. When a, a process of this nature, which is trying to address a, a challenge of the country and sectors of this nature are, are one of those that had a serious challenge, why do you, why, if you can clarify to me, why referring to that, if those are to be corrected, you, you refer to them as quotas? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to, I think on what, on what Honorable Cardo said, why do you say regional instead of national? But for me, it's about why refer to that as, 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 Goldas. And uh, yeah, can I, if you can just just clarify for me. Thank you. B before that, can I check, uh, Miss, Miss, Miss Isaacs, uh, our legal person was said he's going to join us in the, in the next uh, 15 minutes. Before you respond, there is, there is somebody by and Mr. Sakaza, who's 8234824? Who is that person? Who is that person? 8234824. Can you just check that person? Or can that person indicate to, to us now who is he or she so that we know? Because everybody here has got a name. Who's 8234824? I'm also not sure, I also saw that number. Can that person please uh, clarify to us her or his name? All right, uh, can you, uh, Ms. Ayanda and your team respond? Thank you, Honorable Chair. Sorry, I was just trying to find the unmute button. So if we may just start with the questions for the CCMA regarding the protection of uh, employees and that that the CCMA and the Labor Court are perhaps reactive in protecting employees, um, I would just like to ask uh, Mr. Ndunga to just take that question. Thank you, Honorable Chair. Thank you, Ayanda. And thank you, um, Honorable Control. Um, we, we appreciate the question. Uh, we, we just feel that um, if, if we were to rely on cases that may be pending, in some cases, um, 
let's give an example. If an employer was to be issued with a certificate of compliance now, because there are no cases, and two weeks down the line, there is a, um, a big case which they lose. Um, it's also not clear if that will be applied retrospectively. Um, so if, if this was to be applied at all, then I don't see how it would work because there are just so many cases uh, that an employer would deal with at any given point, particularly the CCMA cases. Um, uh, more so or less than the, uh, the labor court cases. Um, how would that work if, if um, uh, those cases are taking much longer and I mean, the provision that has been made here is within the period of three years, so, uh, which is also quite long because it might be that some of the cases are being appealed and in the end, the employer might win those cases. So I think we should have confidence in the CCMA cases and the labor court cases. And uh, we separate uh, the issue of compliance with employment uh, from, from that. And where the employer is on the wrong, uh, the CCMA or the labor court um, are able to act and issue punitive uh, measures against uh, that particular employer. Uh, and uh, would appreciate that uh, we do not introduce unnecessary complexity in terms of, of that. Uh, thank you very much. Yes. Uh, any other, is there any person who wants to, to respond from your side? Uh, no other uh, comments, uh, Chair, unless we need to further clarify and our uh, answer is not clear to you. Thanks. So I think just to then um, answer the question that was raised just in respect of the targets, please can I ask uh, Nicolette, I'm not sure she advise that her, net, her mic was not working or Bongane, if they can assist with that question. Thank you. Thank, 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 thank you, Chair. Um, I'll, I'll take the, 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 the specific um, questions related to the issues of the, um, of the quarters. So, so I think in our presentation, we try to illustrate, uh, we put it in inverted commas, that um, you know, when, when we reference quotas per se, you know, we understand the historical context of the use of that word in relation to matters that um, are related <clears throat> to employment equity, where, where we, what we're trying to highlight is if you introduce a, 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 you know, a selection criteria that is based on a regional basis, um, and we call it targets by um, its 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 um, you know its by its very name to us um, on the basis that it's you know based on this is the if if you look at a specific um, region there's these types of uh, um, various populations that is in that particular region and.
and so many of them should be in these particular positions and so forth. We, we, we believe that we, we might fall into the trap of us going back to debating um, issues that are related to quotas, whilst we, this is not what we are trying to do with the Employment Equity Act. We are actually trying to set and achieve national targets of affirmative action in industries, um, to your point, Chair, like ours, um, where we have been singled out for many years as lacking um, in terms of our pace in as far as transformation is concerned. And we, we, we really do not want the debate to bog down, as Honorable Member mentioned, that, you know, why are we now calling um, the national part um, quota? I mean, why, why, why are we saying regionals are quotas, but national is not quotas? We, based on the historical um, issues um, related to quotas and, and debates on, on, on regional um, selections previously, we are just afraid that if we go back um, to that um, particular type of selection criteria, we are going to get bogged down into debates about quotas again. We, we certainly chair in terms of your specific question, in terms of why is the banking industry calling affirmative action quotas? We are, um, perhaps we didn't choose the right words and we didn't um, articulate the point that we are trying to put across to say, let us not get ourselves in a situation where we are going to debate and start um, arguing about uh, the issue of quotas while we are trying to set national um, sectoral targets, working together hopefully with the sectors um, in order to set those particular targets in order to achieve employment equity chairs. So we are by no means saying that um, we are dealing with quotas here, but we are um, out of an abundance of caution, believe that, uh, you know, we, we, we do not want to get into a position where we are derailed in terms of trying to achieve what we want to achieve as a country in terms of what this legislation is trying to achieve by, by arguing about the issue of quotas. So, so that is the point that we are trying to raise, Chair. You can rest assured, I think that the, the, the banking industry is certainly not saying that uh, the bill um, as proposed is one where you know, we are, be, we are being taken um, back to what we might call quotas as, an, as, as, as various industries. We are saying that might be the impression that uh, comes across and the debate might then focus on that if we look at the, 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 the regional side of things based on, on, on historical, um, um, you know, um, issues that we faced in, in, in that respect. So, so that, that is the, 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 the response to, 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 to that chair. Um, and I think I will take the other question as well in relation to the NEDLEC circumstances <clears throat> and the previous agreements that, that the social partners have agreed to within the NEDLEC framework and whether those agreements have enabled us to achieve um, what we are trying to achieve from a transformation perspective. Um, Chair, I, I, I do believe that there has been traction. Um, it is quite slow, um, um, to, 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 to be honest. And, and I think, Chair, the reason that, um, you know, most of the NEDLEC social partners in terms of this particular bill, where we're very happy to support the bill, it was really on the basis of that we all recognize, at least within the NEDLEC um, structure, that we are far behind in terms of where we wanted to be. And we cannot look at this bill and 
um, view it um, and, and, and you know, you know the thing that this doomsday that's coming because of this bill, we have to find a way to accelerate the pace of transformation in the country. And we are happy to work with uh, as social partners, work with government, uh, in particular in relation to this bill, to find a way forward that will accelerate. However, we then within that uh, context at NEDLEC said, you know, because we represent various sectors uh, within the NEDLEC um, business space, there are various sectors who are facing various different challenges. Um, and and at, they are at various stages of um, their transformation journeys. It will be um, beneficial uh, for the minister when setting targets for a particular sector to then um, be steeped in the understanding of that sector by consulting with the sector to understand the historical challenges that have been faced, to understand the future uh, potential challenges. And then um, with that particular sector come to um, an agreement, which ultimately it will be the minister's responsibility to say, well, this is having taken into cognizance um, the consultation process that we've undertaken, having taken into cognizance the information that you've provided me, this is the, those are the targets that um, um, I believe will be um, appropriate for this particular sector. And we can work um, um, from that basis. So the consultation um, uh, chair for us is really critical. So I fully, we fully appreciate the slow pace of, um, you know, of, of, of the achievements that we wanted to achieve from a transformation perspective. Hence, we are fully in support from a NEDLEC perspective now going forward of the bill on the basis of the consultation process that we had agreed with um, the various social partners and the minister, this is how we can approach it going forward. Um, so, so that's to just say, Chair, um, we, we recognize that agreements have been made in the past. Perhaps they have not been um, um, appropriately um, implemented in the first phase that we need them to be implemented by. However, recognizing that very um, fact, I would say, you know, happy for the um, legislation to then allow the minister to set targets. Um, so total targets. However, those must be done in <clears throat> proper consultative manner and transparent manner with the particular sector. Um, that, that that is all for me, Chair. Thank you, uh, Bongane. Uh, Chair, if you may just allow us, uh, I would just also like to ask uh, Mr. Lukele to just come in at this point. Thank you. Um, thank. Thank you very much. So, so A2348424, it's you, Mr. Lukel. It is, it is. I'm sorry. When, when, when I'm, I have been, when I have been uh, saying, who is this person? Can that person introduce himself? You know, I should have taken you out and I was going to be seen and you were going to go to court and, and complain that uh, you were taken out on the Please don't do that again. If you are requested to introduce yourself, please do that. My apologies, Chair. Okay. I, 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 didn't, I, didn't, uh, I didn't get that uh, when, when you were asking my humble apologies, but thank you for allowing me in. I think the issue of quotas, Chair, uh, we, we as, a, as, as a team, Looking back at where the country comes from in relation to transformation, always look at the country as a total population. The issue of regionalizing the country and trying to almost subdivide it 
is probably also a product of our past. People are moving around now. This regionalization of people in an entire country is actually almost going against the grain of transforming an entire country. And so when we, hum when we humbly submitted, our view was that whilst people have historically lived in particular regions, we are one country. Transformation must be viewed in that light so that we all understand that uh, we want to empower local people, but at the end, the target is a transformed South Africa. And, and, and that is the basis really uh, that has brought us uh, to this house to suggest that regionalization or regional uh, targeting almost transforms us back to a, a quota system. We didn't want, it wasn't as if we wanted to offend the house. Uh, the issue was just that when we do that, uh, we lose the bigger goal, which is a transformation for South Africa Incorporated. I think that's what I needed. And maybe just a little bit uh, to what Bongani was saying earlier on, uh, as a colleague, is, is on the money in terms of we, we cannot, as NEDLAC, be a part other than a part of South Africa. The pace that you see at NEDLAC is reflective of a country. We are desirous of ensuring that we transform and that we assist in the acceleration thereof. And we are still very committed to do that, but we acknowledge that different industries due to skills um, and history are not going to uh, just take off like that. But we are encouraged by the transformation we are seeing in uh, the majority uh, of, 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 of the members thereof. Thank you very, very much. Uh, thank you very much. I hope I am, am I audible? Yes, you are, Che. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm audible. I don't know what I've touched here now. I can't go back to my to my things. Uh, and I hope the, 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 the media people, I hope my face is being seen. I, I, I would have loved uh, that. And it, it, it may, it may be seen as a trivial point and I'm consistent on this thing, on this, on this point that when we are, we are dealing with, with employment equity, which entails a number of things and among, among them, it's demographics. And in you being committed uh, in, in the transformation, which, which, which we, we, we are happy for, I think as, 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 as an activist and as a, a, a public representative, I, I, would have, I would have appreciated if you would have uh, just take us through. You are here, you have been in this sector, we know the, the sector, where it is coming from, but how are things now, among other things, in terms of, of, of age, in terms of race, in terms of, of, of gender, and in terms of, 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 of disability? Because we must, have a, we must have a full view. 
when we are deliberating, we must have a full view so that we don't, we don't in our discussions be general. I think we have passed the stage of being, of being general. 26 years that we, the, the people of this country are complaining that there is no transformation that they see. It depends sector by sector. And if a sector has taken a, a view and a decision to come in front of the committee, it is my, it is my, it is my feeling that at least expose us. I am not in the banking sector. Maybe my co- other colleagues may be aware. So that's why my, my comment and my, my question to you is, wouldn't you have seen it better? To just, to just give us that background, it is important when we are to correct a, a, a situation, an environment that has, this country has gone through. So we, we must also, you must also uh, uh, understand my clarity within that context. Um, Chair, I think your comments are are very fair and they are very valid. And I guess maybe in us preparing for this um, presentation was that time maybe was a factor on our side. But if the Honorable Chair would indulge us and if you would want in respect of putting you in a fuller picture that we could do an additional submission to this committee, we do have the data that you are referring to. Um, so in that respect, we would be more than happy to assist um, in giving you the fuller picture by providing perhaps a supplementary submission. Thank you, Chair. Uh, in, in, can, I, can I just check, Mr. Sagaza? Uh, is the legal person around? Yes, Chair, is, I see she's, she's, uh, she's joined. Yes, joined. Uh, Ms. Isaacs, the reason that I wanted you to, welcoming you, the reason that I wanted you to, to come and, and, and join us because, among other things, your responsibility is also to guide us as we move forward. Uh, in, in the clarities that we are seeking, now, uh, 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 companies, institutions are, are requesting uh, to to give us that as, as as an additional information, but there was also there are also two companies that have asked clarities, and my response was that it we are not going to be able to give them clarities because those are more uh, for 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 the department. They will be clarified those at at the time when the the, the department will be responding when we are uh, deliberating. So I wanted to, whilst everybody's here, you to guide us so that we don't move out of this with, with a wrong assumption and down the line, we are then being challenged. So that's why I, 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 I said you must be located and can you then just come in? And, and, and guide the office of the chair and the committee and the presenters as a legal person. Uh, yes, Chair, I am here. Um, sure, I, I just want to clarify your question is, um, 
the presenters have asked the committee for clarity on a particular matter and the committee, the chairperson's response was that the department will answer that question when they, it's their turn to present. Mm. Yes, chairperson, when, that, that, that is part of it. When, because now it's, 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 it's the committee that is get it that has received oral presentations, oral submissions. In terms of the department, the department is here to 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 listen and take notes. Now, if then a a, a presenter wants a clarity, that's that's where I want myself to be to be to be. To be to be clarified so that I don't I don't uh, I don't uh, 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 put the integrity of the committee at risk because down the line will then be challenged and that we never afforded an opportunity for clarity. Let me I just want to put that because I I I, I want difficult times I things that we address them now when everybody's here so that we, I protect the integrity of the committee. Uh, yes, thank you, Chairperson, just for clarifying that. I, I think that is perfectly fine. It's not that the committee's, um, the, the person is not going to get a response. It's that they will get a response at the appropriate time, and that is when the department will be allowed to present. But it's merely for them to um, you know, be aware as to when the next uh, meeting with the department is, then they will be able to, that question will be put to the department. I mean, the department is the custodian of the legislation and they would be better placed to respond to specific queries regarding the bill that is currently deliberated on. Thank you, Chair. Okay. No, so so it, 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 it then means we're still in order. The second one is that, they are, we have asked them uh, questions of, of clarity. Let me be specific. I've just, I asked the other one and uh, summit. I'm also asking Busa that, uh, that we are correcting the bill. It's about to ensure that we, 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 we address the issues of transformation. Will it not have been, will it not be correct for, for them to have just given us a background in terms of the demographics of their of their institution, gender, race, uh, 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 age, and 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 disability. They then said they haven't uh, they haven't done that because of time. They haven't uh, put it in their presentation. But if we want it, they can then circulate it to us. Is that correct? Are we 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 will we. Okay, we will still be in order if, if then we, we accede to that request. Um, yes, thank you, Chairperson. Uh, yes, there's nothing wrong with the committee requesting further information. Uh, the processing of a bill is a deliberation process. So if the committee wants uh, further information to help it um, to make better decisions, that's perfectly fine and that's within the committee's right to do so. Okay. No, fine. Thank you very much. Honorable members, I, I, as I've said initially when we started this process, that uh, we, will, we will have to, 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 to clear 
issues as we move along because I don't want us to muddy this process of, of the amendment of a bill. It's quite a, a stressful and a strenuous process, but if, if some of the areas we can just be able to, to, to clear them so that we don't continue with the work and down the line, we are then challenged and, and people say when they don't get what they wanted, they say, yeah, that chairperson didn't, never gave us an opportunity. So Busa, you are here, Summit, you are here. The, the, the information that we requested in terms of the, 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 the demographics, but again, I think the secretariat is here, is taking note of what you are saying, because obviously, uh, deliberations, uh, committees are uh, 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 a public uh, thing. So even people, institutions who made presentations, it's also their responsibility to check the website of the committee, of the parliament, to see when the committee is going to sit and deliberate. So I'm also putting a responsibility onto them that they have then got that responsibility of following process. Uh, uh, as, as, as they have shown of, of wanting to come and the interest of wanting to come and make oral presentations and clarify some of their, of their areas. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, Sue Anne, for that. Thank you very much, Pusa. Thank you, uh, Yeah, thank you very much. I see that it's young people. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, okay. That's, that's fine. Apologies accepted uh, to the last, uh, uh, from the, uh, we accept the apology that you have put, uh, the person who, who only put uh, 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 numbers in terms, in, 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 instead of putting her name, his name. Uh, I think that was the last presentation for today. Mr. Sakaza, am I correct? Yes, Chair, that was the last for today. Okay, I am. My apologies. I don't know what is it that I, 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 I just. Oh, there I am. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, sorry, very sorry, sorry. We are then. We we are we are meeting tomorrow. Again, same time. It is the last uh, time for the last day for the employment equity in relation to those companies and individuals that have reflected that they would like to come and make oral submissions. So uh, we will meet again uh, tomorrow at nine. And uh, yeah, I think, and we'll ask uh, Sue Anne, if, if please you can join us. I know you have got other commitments, but if you can uh, join us tomorrow on, on time, uh, I will appreciate that. Having said that, thank you very much, honorable members. Uh, until we meet again tomorrow. Thank you very much, Sebastian, and thank Thanks. you very much Thanks, to Jennifer. all the audience. Yeah, thank you, thank you, bye. Bye. Uh, Zolani, can we talk? Thank you, uh, Chair. Thank you. Okay, Chair, you can. You want me to call you, Chair? Yes. Now. Okay. Yes.